0: Welcome to the next Lemon Spark podcast. Thank you so much, Sharla Fritz, for joining me this time to share your Lemon Spark story. Um, Maybe you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for a living to start us off.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Barb. I'm uh, very glad to be here. Um, Well, my real paying job is piano teacher and church musician. My degrees are in music. But uh about ten years ago, and this is the story that we're going to talk about, about ten years ago I started writing books and speaking to women's groups and have found kind of a second career um, in my later years. So I've uh, been really exciting for a new new chance to explore something different from music. So you're an author. <laughs> you're an author. I am an author, yes, yes. A published author. How many books have you published? I've published eight books, so uh, some of them are published through Concordia Publishing House, and uh, I have self-published one, too, one one book also.
0: Well, while we're on the subject, before we dive into how you got into writing books, why don't you just tell uh, the listeners what your books are about generally I mean is there a theme an underlying theme to all of your books what are you trying to convey through your through your books
1: um all of my books are bible study books so I explore a topic in the bible and I try to make it relevant for everyone books the books are often used by bible study groups but sometimes people just read them on their own too the first one I wrote is called divine design and it came out when that wonderful television show what not to wear was still on and so this that book was what not to wear for your soul so getting rid of the worry handbag and the prom dress of pride and the bitterness sweater and all of those kinds of garments that are negative and slow us down weigh us down So that was the first one. Now, my latest one is called Enough for Now. And that one, it explores how in this culture, we often want more and more and more, and yet we feel dissatisfied. And this one explores how we can find enough in God and how he can help us live a contented life. But the one that's been most popular right now is called Waiting, (laughs) because everybody feels like they are waiting for the world to go back to normal. So that waiting book has been really selling a lot, because it's a study of eight women in the Bible who had a waiting period, and it explores how we can wait well, how we can use that time when God places us in a holding period. So it sounds like (laughs) your
0: books really are about Finding healing through the Bible, finding healing through some introspection for people who might feel troubled at the moment in various ways, they could turn to one of your books to maybe find some some peace or solace or understanding of what might be happening around them.
1: Yeah, that is my hope, that, that books offer a little connection with God and some peace and growth, some spiritual growth.
0: That's really, really nice to hear that there are resources like that out there because I can bet that a lot of people who listen to this podcast might be feeling or searching for something like that right now. So your books um, are another resource. But let's let's dive into the Lemon Spark story behind these books.
1: Well, I'll go back a bit. Uh, my uh, When my children were growing up, my husband and I decided to homeschool our kids. So for 15 years, we homeschooled our kids. And it was a wonderful experience. I didn't think I would ever do it, but it turned out to be a wonderful experience. And as we got to the end of their schooling years, I could see the writing on the wall that this was going to happen, that they were going to graduate and leave home. And there was going to be like a big empty spot in my schedule where I used to be homeschooling. So I started speaking for women's groups towards the end of those homeschooling years as kind of a means to help help me make that transition. So I didn't speak a lot, but that helped me to find something new to do. Then uh, when my daughter got married and she moved to China of all places. <laughs> I was really distraught. I, it was so far away, I missed her so much. We had been so close because, partly because of the homeschooling, we had spent so many hours together that when she moved so far away, I, was, I became quite depressed for a while and didn't know what to do to get out of that place. And then I thought I need something to, to help me get out of the self-pity parties that I was throwing all the time. It was just, I was keep, kept feeling sorry for myself. And I decided I needed something to keep my mind a little more active. And I had been already giving a talk on the spiritual what not to wear. And I thought, well, wonder if that could be made into a book. So I started writing and just the simple act of writing gave me an outlet for helping me get over that pain of loneliness. And eventually it took a couple of years before I did find a publisher for the book, but that that whole process really helped me get that book is called divine design And was that book completed before you found the publisher or did you find the publisher while you were still writing? Well, I did find the publisher while I was still writing, but I had almost given up. And so usually the process is for a nonfiction book that you you write a few chapters in the proposal and then you send it to publishers and find someone to publish it. And I had done that over and over and over and over again, sent it out so many places and kept getting rejections. And so then I had decided, well, the, just the process of writing was helpful to me. So I kept writing and I thought, well, if I don't find anyone to publish it, then I mm-hmm. will try the self-publishing route just because that whole process of writing was very cathartic for me. But I was almost done with the book when I, a publisher that I had contact bef- contacted before changed their mind and said, yes, we do want your book. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So that was good. And then it, w- it worked out well. I was almost done with it when they said yes.
0: <laughs> That's very encouraging because you don't hear too many stories where publishers change their mind. You just assume right. once a no is a no. and um, that's the end of the story, but not so in your case. So, that's yeah. it's very inspiring in and of itself. So, you say that the process of writing really helped you kind of manage your feelings of loneliness and sadness that you were experiencing because your daughter, whom you had been so close to through the years of homeschooling um, and other reasons, I'm sure, uh, has now moved. Mm -hmm. thousands of miles away to China. And how long
1: did she live there, by the way? She lived there almost 10 years. She just, they just moved back in August. Uh, They were planning on moving back in June, but because of the coronavirus, there were no planes going between the U.S. and China until um, the end of July. And, And then they were able to get a flight August in August so it's been quite the process yeah. yeah well but she's back so that's great yes you were waiting
0: your book was, waiting. <laughs> I hope it was very relevant to you for, for that as well mm-hmm. in the meantime um, I think our audience would be interested to hear that not only did your daughter move away but don't you have grandkids now Um, that were also living
1: in China this whole time? Yes, yeah, they, uh, when they first moved um, in 2000, yes, 2011, they just had two children. So I, I was, all of my friends were starting to have grandkids also. And they would, we were all kind of going through this empty nest syndrome but our friends some of our friends said well we can look at john and charla my husband and i and say well at least we don't have it as bad as them <laughs> <laughs> we i guess we kind of became the poster children or the i guess maybe the poster parents of <laughs> of the empty nest syndrome everybody looked at us and said well at least we don't have it as bad as them it was very hard so we've missed those two grandkids, and then the third grandchild was born in China. And then, but that was a difficult experience. And so when my daughter became pregnant with her fourth child, they did come back to the U.S. Uh, for six months to have the the last baby. Being far away from your daughter, but also your, your grandkids
0: um, for all that time. Yeah. So the writing helped you manage those feelings and grow. I feel like becoming an the experience of writing and and now being a published author um, helped you
1: grow in a way that you couldn't have imagined? Yes, definitely. It really helped me. I think partly because I had always enjoyed writing and studying the Bible and I wanted to do something that could help other people too. And so I think the, the kind of books that I write are meant to help people. So that gave me a new purpose to not just helping myself, but helping other people. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking to groups and having the words to give for other people to use for their own study groups, it was very encouraging to my heart to know that I could do something to encourage other people.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I just sort of perused your uh, social media and your website, um, which your website, by the way,
1: is what's the URL for that again? It's charlafritz, S-H-A-R-L-A-F-R-I-T-Z dot com. charlafritz.com. Mm-hmm. And it looks like,
0: you know, not only do you have the books and you are a speaker, but it looks like you also have
1: some courses that people can take? I have a couple courses. One is an email course called Easy Joy. And that one is, uh, the title comes from a store that we saw in China, in fact. We pulled into, uh, we, we hired a driver to take us to a scenic national park in China and he stopped at a gas station and the convenience store was called Easy Joy. And I thought, well, that is wonderful, you know. And in China, there's a lot of what we call Chinglish where the Chinese is translated into English that it doesn't always make sense. So maybe Easy Joy, maybe uh, they meant comforts you know um but anyway the, the easy joy i thought was a wonderful title and so i wrote a, a short course on how we can find joy in our troubling times so that was an email course and then the other one is called distracted faith focus habits for a frenzied world and that one i actually i wrote uh, a little book that's on Amazon. That's the, my self-published book. And that one I wrote after my husband had cancer and went through chemotherapy. And that was a whole nother uh, experience. And so I, the distracted... I, before the cancer experience, I was trying to do too many things and becoming very distracted. When my husband had cancer, then I had to, um, you know, I had to learn to focus a little more and pair back so that I could focus on his needs a little more. And so I, through that experience, I wrote this other book called distracted on faith focused habits that I learned during that period. And now this course, I, um, I'm trying to do it as, uh, I offer it once in a while where it's on a Facebook group and we read the book together and I do some teaching on Facebook live and I'm not offering it right now, but that's how I do that one. I guess what I'd
0: like to point out is that, and maybe you don't view yourself this way, but when I listen to all the things that you've done, I see you as an entrepreneur. I don't know if you see yourself that way, but you're writing, you're speaking, you're creating courses uh, and people can come to your website or your social media feed and find a a place where they can heal a place where they can learn a place where they can use your experiences to, you know, try to get through their own difficulties in life. And I'm so glad that you you've shared all of that in the various ways that you, that you have. So thank you doing that. And, I guess the one last thing I'd like to ask you is what would you say to someone who like you 10 years ago was facing a very disheartening sad time in their life they're losing a loved one maybe they're losing a loved one because they're moving far away or maybe they're losing a loved one because they have cancer they're you know they know their time is limited what what would you say to them knowing what you know now would you, would you guide them through that hard
1: time well maybe i'll concentrate on the ones moving away first because that you know that does happen and even nowadays maybe we're they're you're not that far away from somebody but during this coronavirus time you can't it's harder to go and visit them and so on so Uh, One thing that got us through was technology. Um, We used Skype to contact them a lot. And that was very helpful. Um, Also, just keeping in touch with email and sending pictures. At first, it made me mad. That's what I had to settle for (laughs) instead of seeing them in person. But it really was helpful rather than not having any contact So first of all, I would say, you know, where you can keep in contact, make sure that you make efforts to do that, even if you have to settle for not in person and have to settle for technology. Also, maybe you can find something like I found writing, find another outlet that you can use to get you out of pity parties. Mm For me writing in general even if i hadn't written books i think it's helpful for journaling now not everybody processes their thoughts with writing but if you do i think just writing down your your struggles can really help get through it too so i think journaling can help a lot Um, if you process more in verbally it might be helpful to just have a friend or a counselor to Kind of talk things through and of course since i i write uh, bible studies i would say also that to go to to god because he is the one that can get us through these tough times he's always there waiting for us because he loves us he's always there to help us find the peace that we're missing
0: and of course they can always go to your website as well Oh, um, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. CharlaFritz.com.
1: Yep, CharlaFritz.com.
0: And, and and your social media, um, they can find you on Facebook.
1: Are you on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn as well? I'm most active on Facebook. I'm a little active on Instagram. I don't do much on Twitter. Charla Fritz, um, and if you can find her
0: books, her courses, and of course speaking engagement opportunities, um, to hear the healing words and experiences from, from you is, is, I think will be helpful for a lot of people who are going through their own lemon in life right now. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us and keep on writing. (laughs) That's all I could say, because I think it's wonderful.
1: And to you too, thanks for sharing these stories that give hope to other people. You're welcome. Take care.